Well, hello everyone. Today is January 4, 2020. This is the Byron Howell Ministries podcast. And thank you so much for joining me today. Happy New Year. I know today is not New Year's Day, but it's kind of like the first day. You know, it's the first Monday. Kids are back in school. I know a lot of us are getting back to work. And it's really time to start thinking about the new year. And, you know, I've been doing this series on faith. But, uh, you know, about a week ago, I just really felt the Lord kind of speaking to me about about spirituality, about what it means to be spiritual, really more than anything, reminding me of some things he's shown me in the word that I felt like he wanted me to bring to this podcast, to bring to a blog post. You know, all of our podcasts now, we have a corresponding blog post on com. Uh, just, you know, want to get the material out. Some people like reading, some people like listening, want to just get it out there. And, you know, I really hope and pray that God shows me how to get this out more and more in 2021. That's definitely something I'll be looking to do. But anyway, back to our topic, you know, God showed me some years ago, uh, really a few things about what it means to be spiritual and, and I admit, I haven't pressed in in this area as I should have. I haven't focused on the truths from God's Word that I'm going to show you today as much as I should have. And that's going to change, especially starting in 2021. I mean, I don't know about you, but, but I'm going to be all I can be. I'm going to do all I can. I'm going to have a great 2021. Uh, and, you know, no matter what happens in the world, you know, God provides for us in famine even when the rest of the world's having a down year, we can have an up year. The rest of the world's sick, we can be healthy. Those things aren't automatic, you know, unfortunately. But if we get into the Word of God, if we learn the ways of God, if we operate the systems of the kingdom of God, we can continue to see, you know, God's blessings and God's plan for our life show up no matter, no matter what. And so let's talk today about those concepts. And we're going to talk today about about how to become a spiritual person. And let me just say that even if that idea doesn't grab you, where we're going with this is truly how to flow with God in His plans for your life, how to receive revelation of all that God wants you to have, all that God wants you to do. We're going to get into that today. You're going to see very clearly just some great verses that that talk about the relationship between our spirituality about becoming spiritual and how that relates to finding God's plan for our lives. We're also going to take some time and look at some of these Christianese kind of phrases. What does it mean to be spiritually minded? What does it mean to be led by the spirit? What does it mean to be walking in the spirit? Uh you know, we're going to look at those today. Uh, because those are very important phrases, very, very important. Let me just say, you know, when when Jesus, I don't have the verse reference, but when Jesus was talking to his disciples, he said, it is better for you that I go back to heaven, because if I don't go, I can't send the Holy Spirit to you. And And, you know, think about what that must have sounded like to Peter and James and Paul and or not, excuse me, Paul wasn't one of the disciples, but Peter and James and John and the other disciples, I mean, they've seen Jesus provide for them, heal them, do countless things for, you know, multitudes of people. And here Jesus is saying, it's better for you if I go away so I can send the Holy Spirit. Now, now they probably didn't grasp all of that 
immediately. But but somebody probably thought, well, man, that must mean the Holy Spirit's pretty important. That means the Holy Spirit's gonna gonna be pretty good. And uh, and you know those words don't even begin to describe the importance of your relationship with the Holy Spirit. But anyway, let's just look at all of these things today. Uh, this is educational. This is very interesting. This is going to help you understand the word spiritual, at least from God's perspective. This is going to help you understand some of those other phrases. And I tell you what, this will absolutely help you find and follow God's plan for your life. If you will begin operating according to these verses. So let me just start by saying, you know, I remember one time I saw this movie I don't remember what it was called, but it was it starred Jennifer Lopez, right? And Jennifer Lopez was talking to Jane Fonda, and she says something like, you know, I consider myself more spiritual than religious, all right? And, you know, that's kind of a common idea. A lot of people don't necessarily want to think them, of themselves as religious or kind of, you know, s- slavishly adhering to uh, a particular religion's doctrines or decrees or practices, what have you. But they want to think that they're, they're a spiritual person. I mean, who knows what that even means for, for most people that aren't Christians, right? It really doesn't mean anything. But but I think, you know, they're trying to think that somehow they're in tune with the spirit world or whatever. You know, none of that really matters. But what does matter is that the word spiritual is a biblical word. And uh, the Bible does talk about uh, being spiritual and spiritual people and all of these ideas. And so that's what we're going to talk about today because it's really going to help us in the areas I mentioned a minute ago. But, you know, let's just point out that, you know, I want to be spiritual the way God wants me to be spiritual. I want to be spiritual according to God's definition of spiritual. And I realize that's probably true for most of you as well. And, and this is just very exciting, very eye-opening topic. And you see, just to put it simply, God wants all Christians to be spiritual and spiritually mature. You know, Jesus tells us in John chapter 4, verse 24, that God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And then the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians six seventeen that the person that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit with him. That's that's a loaded statement, that's for sure. Fascinating, really. But I digress. Excuse me. Human beings are, at their core, spirits. You are a spirit. You happen to live in a body. You, when I say you, I mean your spirit, the essence of who you are, your core nature, will live forever. And it it will not always live in this body that you have now. And, And so you are a spirit, but you have a body. You also have a soul. The soulish realm is really the mind, the will, the emotions, the intellect, all of that. And it's in the soulish realm where we truly see a link between spirit and body or spirit and flesh. That, that the soulish realm is where we can bring in the connection between our spiritual nature and our body, our flesh, and the physical world around us. So it's very important that we understand really the three, the tripart nature of what a human being is. A human is a spirit, a human has a body, and a human has a soul, or they mind, will, and emotions. And so what we need to do 
because uh, fundamentally when you become a Christian, your spirit becomes perfect, your spirit becomes a child of God, your spirit is seen as without sin, but your body's not born again, your soul, your mind is not born again. We've got to do some work in these areas. And so, so let's keep going. You see, when Jesus says God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, what he's saying is that God's core type of existence is spirit and that what God really wants us to do is connect with him spiritually. You see, it's true that you can connect with God naturally. God can speak in the natural realm so you can hear with your ears. You can see, you know, miracles being worked around you and, and God can influence, you know, the natural realm. You see, he can do anything. He's God. But primarily what he wants to do is he wants to connect with us uh, in the spirit realm, or he wants to connect and relate to us spiritually. We are his sons and daughters. We are created in his image. And furthermore, God has put his Holy Spirit inside of us, literally fusing his spirit with our spirits as he makes us this new creation. Remember, I read you a minute ago, he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit with him. You see, that's when we talk about that there is a new creature. That new creature is literally the union between your your new recreated spirit and the spirit of God. As one of God's children, you are born again. You are made new. And it's really unfathomably wonderful and amazing but but so this spiritual nature of who we are is so important and the fact that god wants to spiritually connect with us is so important you know uh we'll get back to you know hearing from god in a minute but but let's just focus you know jesus says the true worshipers of god must worship him in spirit and in truth. They that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The easy definition of truth there, just so you know, is is according to the word of God. According to the word of God, which Jesus said is truth. Now there's more to truth than just the word of God, but the, but the easiest way we can start to put some, some meat on that, uh, worshiping in truth is worshiping according to what the Word of God tells us, which is the great source of truth in the universe. But so, so we say today, what we want to do, even though we could talk about all sorts of things, and we've already really cast a wide net of spiritual reality and spiritual topics, let's, we're actually going to kind of refocus a little bit, and we're just going to talk about you know, how do we become more spiritual and how that can lead us into God's plan for our life? And let's start with this. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But the natural, non-spiritual man, let me, let me just say, this is in the Amplified Translation, which is kind of longer and gives more details. So that's what I'm reading here. But the natural, non-spiritual man does not accept or welcome or admit into his heart the gifts and teachings and revelations of the Spirit of God, for they are folly, meaningless nonsense to him. I mean, just, just very briefly, we kind of see that in the world around us. People who are not spiritual, people who are only focused on their daily lives and their body and their money and, and whatever, their family, they're only focused on that level 
they're not really open to receiving spiritual things. That's why, you know, so much of the world thinks that, you know, there is no God or there's no real spirit realm, none of that. So it says the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God. And I go on. And he is incapable of knowing them, of progressively recognizing, understanding, and becoming better acquainted with them because they are spiritually discerned and estimated and appreciated. But the spiritual man tries all things. He examines, investigates, inquires into questions and discerns all things, yet is himself to be put on trial and judged by no one. He can read the meaning of everything, but no one can properly discern or appraise or get an insight into him. So this gives us a lot of ideas. I mean, this is First Corinthians 2 is, in my opinion, one of the most important chapters in the Bible. And this this verse or this passage here really talks about the importance of being spiritual. If we are not spiritual, our bond with the spirit of God will be wrong. It will be flawed. We will not be able to receive from the Spirit of God like we should. And remember how important Jesus told us that our relationship with the Holy Spirit would be. But if we are carnal, if we are not spiritual, we are not going to receive from Him like we should. But it says that if we are spiritual, biblically spiritual, then we will be able to receive gifts and teachings and revelations from God's Spirit. So if we are not spiritual, we're not going to receive from God's Spirit. Not like we should. Not on any consistent basis. But if we are spiritual, now we can. Now we are open to receiving these extremely important things from the Spirit of God. And it says, remember, it says gifts and teachings and revelation. You know, the Bible talks in many places about all that the Spirit of God wants to do for us. You know, and if you want to read Jesus specifically talking at length about that, please read John chapters 14 through 16. Uh, John 14 through 17 absolutely being some of the most important verses in the Bible where Jesus really pointing to what life was going to be like for Christians after he was gone. You know, he's alive, this is before he died, but him spending time with the disciples talking about what life's going to be like after his death and resurrection and his importance he places on the Holy Spirit can be seen there. But if we really understood all that the Spirit of God wants to do for us, I mean, making our relationship with him, uh, you know, right would be one of our top life priorities. I mean, no doubt about it. But let's just focus on this 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is where we are here. Again, one of what I believe is one of the most important passages in the Bible. Uh, so this is chapter 2, verse 9. All right, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Now let's go on to verse 11. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. 
Guys, I used to live in St. Petersburg, Florida, and and I remember the day sitting at my desk on in the first floor den when when my eyes were open to these verses and I realized just the extreme importance of these verses. I literally thought to myself, how are people not talking about these verses constantly? And and anybody who spent any time, you know, reading my blog or uh, listening to my podcast or whatever, you've heard me talk about this uh, over and over again, and I'm probably be talking about it for the rest of my life. I believe these are some of the most important verses in the Bible for a Christian. It says, the Holy Spirit that we've been given, this is, God gave us the Holy Spirit to reveal to us all that God has prepared for us. He also reveals to us all that God has freely given us. You see, you see, the Holy Spirit does so much, so many things, but, but, God has put this Holy Spirit within us. When you become a Christian, instantly the Holy Spirit comes into your life. And He is to be the primary communication between you and God. And the primary vehicle by which you are to receive understanding of God's plan for your life is the Holy Spirit. But you see, here's the thing. People go through life and they want to know God's plan. They want to know what God has for them. But they are, but they are trying to discern God's will through natural means. But notice what I just read in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived. The things God has prepared for those who love Him. If you just take a random person and you say, okay, what has God prepared for that person? You see, the eye doesn't see it. You are not going to discern God's will for you by using your eyes. Your, the ear doesn't hear it. You will not discern God's will for you by using your natural ears. And, and, and it says what no human mind has conceived. You are not just going to sit around and think up God's plan for your life. No, the, God does not use these natural communication methods to reveal his plans for you. It is the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that God has placed within you and literally tasked with revealing these things to you. God's Spirit knows everything about God, including all God has given us and all God has prepared for us. And that is true for me and that is true for you. This includes God helping you select the right job, God helping you select the right house, God helping you select the right spouse. All of these things that God wants to guide you in to help you obtain, uh, they're all there in the knowledge base of the Holy Spirit. And he's been given to you, literally, literally brought inside of you, connected to you, we are one spirit with him, so that this revelation of God's will can come to you. And you see, this is why it's so, so critically important to develop your relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know, it's true that sometimes you might stumble into God's plan for your life. You know, I remember I, when I put in my law school applications, I was, you know, it was December of 2002, and, and I just... I prayed a very simple prayer that God would only 
let me get into one school, and that's what happened. And absolutely, Atlanta, Georgia, Emory University School of Law was God's plan for my life. I mean, everything changed when we got to Atlanta. And, you know, so, so that wasn't really discerning by the Holy Spirit. So there are times when God can use natural things. I also look at, you know, how I got connected to my girlfriend in college, who's my wife today. I mean, that was totally God. That was not, you know, me discerning God's will back at that time in my life. No. And so God loves us and he's merciful and he's gracious. And yes, from time to time, we will, we will, because of that mercy, because of that grace, we will find things that are part of God's will for our life. But I'm talking about consistently receiving revelation of all that God has for you, all that God wants for you, for your life. And see, we've got to become spiritual. Remember what we read a minute ago. The natural person does not receive the things from the Spirit of God, but the spiritual person can discern all of this. The spiritual person is, is now tuned in to the Spirit of God and can receive revelation of all that God has for us. You know, 1 Corinthians 2 really tells us about the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives and how He wants to, to reveal these things to us. And let me just say, I'm not going to take the time to get into the Greek. Uh, it's very, very interesting, very fascinating, you know, what's really going on in the Greek language in, in 1 Corinthians 2. But let me say this. The word... Uh, revelation in the Greek, it's, it's apocalypse, something like that. And, and that's where we get the word revelation from. And, and what revelation means from a Greek perspective is to take the cover off. Here's the point. What God has prepared for you, what God wants you to have, what God wants you to do, uh, they're covered. Those realities, those things are covered and hidden. And the Holy Spirit needs to take that cover off. It needs to reveal those things to you. Now, why? Why are they hidden? Uh, honestly, they're hidden both to protect them and to protect you. I mean, you think about if, if God revealed some things to you before you were ready. You know, like, let's say, you know, I knew that I was going to marry Shannon the first time I met her. I met her when I was 18 and and it was years before we began dating, let alone got married. You know, if, if somehow God had revealed to me or I knew that we were to be married, I mean, it wouldn't have happened. I mean, I think we can say for sure that, that it would have been messed up or something would have gone wrong. You see, no, God holds things back, his plans, his gifts, these things he has for us, he holds them back to protect us. But as we grow and as we mature, now the Holy Spirit can start taking the cover off and revealing these things to you. But if you're not spiritual, if you're not tuned in, then then you're not really in communication to see all that he has for you, all that he wants you to do to receive that revelation. And you see, you know, I know that we're talking about receiving revelation from God and receiving and hearing from God. And we really just can't go down that road today. There are other times you'll see on my blog, you'll see on my podcast, you know, different ways that God wants to communicate. But but the bottom line is God wants to communicate spiritually. You know, I always find it funny when people say something like, well, God can do whatever he wants or God can communicate to me however he wants. Well, you're absolutely right. But he wants to do 
what the Word says He wants to do. He wants to communicate with you the way the Word teaches us that He communicates. He doesn't want to, you know, come up with some goofball method that, you know, it's not in the Bible or nobody's ever heard of, or, you know, he's going to put some sort of like, you know, star constellation in the sky to reveal his will to you. No, absolutely not. He communicates with us the way that the Bible tells us he communicates. That's how he wants to do it. And that's how he's going to do it. Now, look, there are some ways that we can receive in the natural realm. You may hear the audible voice of God. I never have. I don't think I know anybody that ever has. Uh, you may find an angel show up in your bedroom like Daniel, right? That's never happened to me. I don't know anybody that that's ever happened to, but it could happen. Biblically speaking, it could happen. But those are natural communication methods. And the reason it's so extremely rare is, uh, is because that's not how God wants to communicate anymore. That's not how God wants. He didn't put his Holy Spirit inside us just so we can totally disregard all these verses in the New Testament and the whole plan of spiritual communication between, you know, Father God and his children through his Holy Spirit. No, that's, that's not what he's going to do. He, in fact, is going to teach us how he communicates on a spiritual level. And that's, you know, hopefully he's sending me into your life to help you understand this because he wants you to know what he has for your life. Me too. And I need to be tuned in. But so, you know, when we talk about spiritual communication, most people, this is a sad fact, most people, including most Christians, don't really understand that concept and, and that's really just a failure of the, of the church leadership to understand it. It's a failure of, you know, people to really get this understanding out. But the bottom line is God communicates spiritually and there are a number of ways he does so. Dreams and visions being kind of an easy to understand mechanism, right? You have a dream from God. You have a vision from God. That's really a communication method through the Holy Spirit. You may literally hear the voice of God from the Holy Spirit. Now that, uh, you know, kind of sounds a little oddball, but essentially that, you know, that's kind of be one of those times where you're just, you hear something inside of yourself. It's not the voice of your mind, but, and you kind of think, where did that come from? That was probably the voice of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, another way would be, you know, the inward witness is kind of the way the Holy Spirit kind of bears witness or guides and leads our personal spirits, uh, you know, through peace, through a leading. Look, if, if you're a brand new Christian, um, that it just takes time to develop your relationship with the Holy Spirit so you can begin really understanding what, what that even is, right? Where you know that you know that you're being guided in a particular direction. You know, and I'll just give you an example. I mean, this is maybe kind of a dumb example, but, you know, I was in Canada, not this past New Year's Eve a few days ago, but about a year ago. And my family and I, we were going to go somewhere. And uh, the weather was bad. It was cold and rainy. And we were going to go to this this mountain that was covered with snow where they're having this big New Year's Eve event. Well, I I just knew in my heart that we were supposed to go. They hadn't closed the mountain, but they basically canceled the event. And uh, this is on Grouse Mountain. If any of you have ever been to Vancouver, it's, it's amazing. It's beautiful. And so I knew in my heart that we were supposed to go. 
It made no sense in the natural realm. I didn't have a dream. I didn't have a vision. didn't have the Holy Spirit speak to me, but I knew. I mean, it was about an hour drive out there. And the whole way I'm thinking, this is stupid. What are we doing? But I knew we were supposed to go. Kudos to my wife for not being like Byron. What are we doing? This is crazy. Anyway, we get to the mountain. There might be five other people on the whole mountain. Um, I mean, maybe there was a light drizzle, but my kids didn't care. We had the sled hill all to ourselves. We had the the whole light up pathway through the snow. I tell you, it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Uh, you know, just like a snowshoe trail, but it was all lit up for, for the new year and Christmas. There was nobody there, but, you know, they still had food. They still had everything. It was amazing. And so maybe that's a simple example, but it's just something where I'm telling you, I knew in my heart from God that we were supposed to do something, even though it made no sense naturally. That's the Holy Spirit leading and guiding you. And I'm just describing these to you to, to give you a little bit of an understanding what it means for, for God to communicate with you spiritually. That, that, that there are communication methods from God that don't involve your eyes, they don't involve your ears, they don't involve an, involve an angel, you know, they don't involve a donkey speaking to you. I mean, that's actually in the Bible as well. You know, they don't involve these natural things, that there are spiritual communication methods. But again, we've got to become spiritual people to get tuned in. So here's just a brief recap before we get into our next section. I told you we're going to talk about how to become spiritual. But but before I get into that, which I'm about to do, I really wanted to stress to you why it's so important that we become spiritual according to the Bible's definition of spiritual. Because a spiritual person can receive from the Spirit of God. And what are we going to receive? We are going to receive direction and revelation of all that God has given us, all that God wants us to have, all that God wants us to do. And that is the primary mechanism by which God wants to reveal that to you. And let me just say something that's a bit bold. If you, but absolutely biblical, might be bold, but it's biblical. If you are not spiritual, if you have no fellowship with the Holy Spirit, if you are not tuned in, you will not receive revelation of all of God's plan for your life, all that God wants you to have and do. Yes, from time to time, you may get lucky. You may receive a natural communication method. Yeah, and God, God using people to speak into your life is a, is a great way that, that God will help us in a natural communication method. But, but being led by what other people think is fraught with peril. And it's become very common for people to use that as a, as a real important uh, means of God's communication in, in their life. You know, oh, you know, I feel like I got a word from this person. I mean, I, 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 you know, I saw something on the Internet and I feel like that's God speaking to me. Well, that that is, first of all, it's, it's not biblical for the Internet or anything like that. Uh, but with respect to God using other people, yeah, that that is biblical, but it's fraught with peril. I remember one time, uh, now, and the person I'm talking about is a devout Christian, and I was asking their advice about a particular matter I had in my life, and they gave me some advice, and it's not like it was un- 
ungodly advice or something like that. But I realized later that, you know, this person is in a totally different stage of life than I am. This person has a very different situation that, you know, 50-50, whether what they told me to do was God or not, you know. So all I'm saying is you really got to be careful about that. Definitely don't want to resort to that. Here's the point. We must become spiritual. We must get tuned in spiritually because we really want to have and do all that God wants for us. So that's why it's so important to become spiritual. Now let's talk about how to become spiritual. This is actually, I mean, it does take commitment, but it's far simpler than you might think. Much easier. Excuse me while I take a a sip of coffee here. So, Romans 12.2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Remember a minute ago when we read about the spiritual person, that person can test everything, judge everything, discern everything. So there's there's kind of a correlation of those ideas here. But what we're focused on is it says, don't conform to the world, but be transformed. How are we going to be transformed? By the renewing of your mind. You've probably heard that idea before, at least if you spent any time in church. Renewing is a bad translation, uh, really, of the word in the Greek. The Greek word, I think, which is better or at least more understandable, is renovate. It's the exact same word. Renovate to make new again, but the word renovation, everybody understands that now. What is you know, you got to rip out the old and you got to put in the new. You must renovate your mind, you must tear out the old ways of thinking and put in the new ways of thinking. So, this is that was Romans 12 2. This is Romans 8, verses 5 through 7. Romans 8, my opinion. Top five most important chapters in the whole Bible. 1 Corinthians 2, Romans 8, Galatians 5, uh, Romans 10. Anyway, Romans 8, verse 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit submit to God's law. Excuse me. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. You see, there are two different ways of thinking, according to the Bible. There's carnally minded, and there are spiritually minded. You see, many, many people throughout the world with all their different ideas about God and religion and all of that, they they might think that there's a wide variety of definitions here. But no, fundamentally, there's true spiritually minded, which we understand what that means from the Bible, which we're going to learn about today. And everything else is carnally minded. It's easy to understand carnally minded when you're focused on, you know, your money, your life, your family, your body, things like that. It's not that any of those things are are bad or wrong in and of themselves. I exercise, I work, I have a family, I have to think about all of those things. Uh, but, But what 
I must do is focus on God first and the things of God and allow my entire mindset to be guided by and influenced by the things of God. But so anyway, the King Dream, remember we said a, a second ago, we have the mind governed by the flesh and the mind governed by the spirit. Now, that was the NIV translation I was reading. The King James translation, which is kind of the old school translation, it, it uses the phrases carnally minded and spiritually minded. And those are actually pretty good. But that's where we get these phrases, carnally minded and spiritually minded. The ideas are the same. To be spiritually minded is to have a mind governed by the spirit or a, perhaps a better way of saying it would be a mind submitted to the spirit of God. Again, what does that mean? How do we become spiritually minded? Because remember I talked a minute ago about the soul, the soul being the mind, will, and emotions. The soul creates the bit bridge between spirit and flesh. You must have your soul uh, really governed correctly if you're going to receive everything from the spirit of God. You, you have this mind. And when your mind is tuned in correctly to the things of the Spirit, now you can receive from the Spirit of God. It's just the way it is. I mean, look, it might this might be a little complicated. I mean, yeah, I guess it is a little complicated, but it's just the way it is. If you are going to receive from the Spirit of God, you must have your mind tuned in to spiritual things. You must become spiritually minded. And, you know, that kind of works how it sounds. You have to force your mind over to the things of the Spirit of God. You have to decide, I'm going to put things into my mind. Remember, I'm renovating. I have to put things into my mind that are from God. I have to read the Bible. I have to listen to the right kind of music. I have to be in church. I have to be fellowshipping with Christians. All of these things really create an atmosphere of, of for your mind of the things of God. You see, if you spend time reading the Word, spend time in church, spend time listening to podcasts like this or preaching and teaching and spend time with Christian friends, you all understand this, that your mind is going to begin thinking that way uh, almost immediately. You know, overnight, your mind's going to begin to change. And the more you do this consistently, well, your mind is just going to start, you know, really revolving around the things of God. And and then that's the way we really become spiritually minded. And let me just say that that this is not a test as to whether a person's a Christian or not. This is not about getting saved. This is about becoming spiritual. And this is about tuning in to the Spirit of God. So what you spend your time with, what you put your mental focus on, that's going to be what, what really governs your life. Are you going to become spiritually minded or carnally minded? If we spend all our time watching the wrong movies, watching the wrong shows, listening to the wrong things, you know, focused on, you know, the things of this world, then then we're going to be carnally minded and we're going to be closed off to the spirit of God. And I'm not saying, you know, that's, you know, I'm watching, you know, the you know really terrible movies, R-rated movies or, you know, listening to, you know, I don't know, death metal or, or whatever. Right. 
It, that's not to say that. I'm not talking about, you know, it's, you see, it's not the wide difference between horrible, sinful things on the one side and all these holy, angelic, churchy kind of things on the other side. No, it's not that way. It's the things of the world on the one hand and the things of God on the other hand. But you see, God knows that you have to focus on your job. You have to focus on your family. You have to focus on, you know, exercise to a certain degree, right? You have to focus on those things. But if you will become spiritually minded, if you will put first the things of God and put your mind, you know, force your mind over to the things of God and let those things, let the things of the Spirit of God change your thinking, become spiritually minded now, now you can correctly think about everything else. And just simple examples, right? If I let the Bible teach me how to treat my wife, now I will think correctly about my wife. If if I let the Bible teach me about my children, right? Like, you know, you don't be overly oppressive. You don't be heavy-handed. However, you, dis you, you do need to discipline them, right? If I let the Bible change my thinking about my children, now I know how to think about them. Now I know how to treat them. I know how to deal with them. It's the same for your marriage. It's the same for your business. It's the same for your body, right? You don't want to be gluttonous. You don't want to, uh, you know... Uh, you spend too much time drinking uh, alcohol, right? Focus, you know, drinking too much alcohol. You definitely don't want to use drugs. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. On and on. That's First Corinthians six. So, so you you allow the Bible to change the way you think about these natural areas of your life, and now you're becoming spiritually minded in every area of your life. Now, okay, now I'm spiritually minded about my business. I'm spiritually minded about my kids, my wife, my home, my body. I'm spiritually minded in these areas. Now I can tune in. Now I'm, I'm tuned in. God says, okay, join this gym. Or maybe God says, hey, you know, lay off that food. That's not good for you. The Bible says, hey, you know, do something nice for your wife. Do something nice for your kids. Or, hey, maybe maybe the Bible. I remember one time God revealed something to me about my sister. And, um, and you know, I won't go into too many details, but, but it, you know, it wasn't something sinful she was doing necessarily. It just, it wasn't really a good situation, right? And that's because I love my sister. I care about my sister. And, and, you know, for, for whatever reason, I needed to hear that from God and I needed to bring it to my parents. And, and they absolutely received it, acted on it. And, you know, you know, all's well that ends well. But that's just an example. Once I'm now spiritually minded in a particular area of my life, you know, a job being another good example, now I'm tuned in to what the Spirit of God has for me in that area of my life. And so I don't mean this to be oppressive or, or a, a burden. See, this is meant to be a joy. This is meant to be a blessing. God has good things for you in every single area of your life. God wants every single one of you to have an amazing marriage, to have an amazing relationship with your kids, to have a fulfilling and profitable job. 
you know, God wants you to be in perfect health physically. I mean, God wants all of these great things for you. And if you tune in, if you become spiritually minded in that area, you know, living according to the word of God in that area, and then allow the Holy Spirit to really give you those specific directions, right? This spouse, this job, this house, this situation, this gym, whatever, right? When you combine the written word and those directions for your life, and you combine the Holy Spirit's leadings, specific leadings for you in your life, you're unstoppable, right? There's just no limit on what you can do, no limit on what you can have, no limit on what you can accomplish, no limit on how wonderful your relationship with your wife can be, your kids can be, your job can be, whatever, all of these things. This is what God has for us. He wants to totally go to a whole nother level of joy and blessings and peace and prosperity in life. But this is how we get there. We become spiritually minded. We tune into the Holy Spirit. And now, now we're spiritual. Now we can receive from the Spirit of God. You see, becoming spiritually minded is a deliberate decision we need to make. We daily choose what we are focusing on what we are putting in our minds. I highly encourage you to read The Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer. Very powerful book about getting control of your thoughts, becoming spiritually minded. Uh, you know, it will take time. It is a discipline. But 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 let me just tell you, this this is not meant to be a burden at all. And and when when you hear, if some of you hear spiritual teaching about, you know, hey, you should really do this and this is going to be good for you. And you feel that it, it it's a burden, right? Like, oh, my gosh, I got to do this now. You know, first of all, let me just apologize to the extent that I've ever conveyed that to you, because that's really wrong. That's a deception from the devil. You know, it, you know, think of it this way. If you begin doing something God leads you to do or directs you to do from his word, which is really kind of what we're doing today, you are absolutely going to see blessings show up in your life. You are absolutely going to show, see, you know, harvest, you know, all everything, everything works by seed time and harvest. You begin operating this way in your life. It's like a seed that you're sowing into your life and you are going to begin receiving a harvest of blessings of, of revelation, uh, of a relationship with the Spirit of God, all of those things in your life. Listen to Romans 8, 12 through 14. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God." God wants you to be led by his spirit all of the time. God wants to lead you by his spirit in, in, in every area of your lives. As you put your mind on spiritual things, you are opening your mind to the Holy Spirit. You are tuning in to the spirit and God will start leading you into all that he has for you. Notice that it says we have an obligation to live according to the Spirit. You see, when you become spiritually minded, that is life and peace. When you become spiritually minded, you see, think of it this way. If I spend all my time, you know, watching violent movies or watching movies filled with sex or watching movies or even watching the news all day, right? I, I, can, I can become a strifeful person. My mind will be on those things constantly 
and and they will begin to show up in my life. That's just the way it works, you know. Uh, let me here's here's the quote. This is actually attributed to Joyce Meyer, but maybe you've heard it. Where the mind goes, the man follows. That that's attributed to Joyce Meyer, and it's kind of her rendition of Proverbs twenty three twenty seven. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. When you put something in your mind, your life is going to go in that direction. And that is absolutely true for the things of God. When you become spiritually minded, when you renovate your mind and become spiritually minded, you are going to start living a godly life. That's all there is to it. Where the mind goes, the man follows. Uh, When you put the things of God in your mind, you are going to live a life that exemplifies, that that lives in the things of God. You are going to live in a godly life. You see, you see, I don't think it'll ever be a part of my ministry or anything I ever do for God where I'm up here, you know, don't drink, don't do drugs, don't do this, don't do that, don't, you know, sin, 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 you're going to hell. No, that's not my focus at all because I don't need it to be, right? The truth is God is so wonderful. God is so amazing. God has so many wonderful things for you. And if you will focus on the relationship with God, if you will focus on becoming spiritually minded, then you're not even going to have any desire for those things. I mean, yes, we need to read the Bible. We need to understand what God thinks is right and what God thinks is wrong. Drugs are wrong. That's that's all there is to it. That's just an example, right? Adultery is wrong. That's just another example, right? We got to learn the rules, uh, but then you know we understand why. We understand, you know, why are drugs wrong? And this isn't meant to bring condemnation on anybody, but the fact is, is that the drugs will, you know, we're trying to get our minds spiritually minded and tuned into the things of God. Drugs will take us away from that. Drugs will keep us focused on the flesh. Drugs will keep us in a carnally minded state and will prevent us from being tuned into the things of God. I mean, my opinion, that's the major reason that that drugs are wrong. Not to mention, obviously, there's other potential physical problems associated with them. But that's just an example. You see, focusing on God, focusing on the things of God, it, it, it points us upward. All right. It points us to the good things, the good plans, the good blessings that God has for our lives. So you become spiritually minded. You become, you know, godly minded to, you know, kind of put it another way. You're going to have a godly life. Becoming spiritually minded, you know, is a great way. If you have an addiction, if you have some sin that you'd like to get rid of in your life, the more you focused on the things of God, those things are going to fall away. Those things are going to, you know, the appeal is going to be gone. It's not going to be difficult. Let's look at Galatians five, sixteen through 17. Because remember, we're talking about how to become more spiritual. And the first way is become spiritually minded. And when you become spiritually minded, your life's going to change big time. Because again, where the mind goes, the man follows. Galatians five sixteen through 17. This is what I have to say. Let your steps be guided by the Spirit, and then you will never gratify the cravings of your earthly nature. For these cravings of our earthly nature conflict with the Spirit and the Spirit with our earthly nature. They are two contrary principles, so you can't do what you wish. This verse from Galatians is often translated, and maybe you've heard this before, walk in the Spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. You see... It's very simple. If you 
are spiritually minded, you are going to be living according to the Spirit of God. You are going to begin doing what God wants you to do. And now you are walking in the Spirit. And as you begin walking in the Spirit, you're not going to care for sin. You're not going to want sin. You're not going to go after sin. And and so so that idea, I mean, that's, a, that's one of those Christian phrases, right? What does it mean to be spiritually minded? We talked about that. What does it mean to walk in the Spirit, right? You probably heard that one before. What on earth does that mean, right? Well, it's not really that hard. All that it means is I've become spiritually minded. I've renovated my mind. You know, that whole renew your mind. That's another phrase. What does that really mean? I've renovated my mind from carnal thinking to spiritual thinking. I'm tuned into the Holy Spirit. And now I'm living according to the things of God. Put those ideas together. I am now walking in the Spirit. Become. So so you want to become spiritually minded you want to allow the spirit of god to guide you now you're walking into the spirit now you're tuned in right please take the time to read all of romans 8 1 corinthians 2 and galatians 5 these are wonderful passages about the influence of the holy spirit in our lives combine those with jesus teachings in john 14 through 16 you go through that six chapters it might take you 20 minutes to read those six, but, but I think if you read those six, your mind will be blown, especially if you're not really familiar with these concepts. It's not really something you've studied before. Romans 8, 1 Corinthians 2, Galatians 5, John 14 through 16. Give it a read. Take 20. Do it tomorrow. This took all your time for today. But look, you put those together, it's a huge understanding of the importance of the Holy Spirit, spiritual living, what the Spirit of God wants to do for our lives. Now, I want to read one more passage. This is from Ephesians 5. And, and this is, again, because we're talking about how to become spiritual. You see, it is a discipline. And I don't want to tell you that it's not. And I don't want to sugarcoat it. Because, because why? Because all of the world is really focused on helping you be carnally minded. Very few things in this world help you to be spiritually minded. Your church, your Christian friends, your time with God, God himself, reading the Bible, those things help you become spiritually minded. Pretty much everything else wants to keep your mind carnal. You know, what you eat, what you wear, what you drink, your work, your family, right? All of those things want to keep you focused on, you know, your present life situation, the difficulties of this life. What am I going to do today? What am I going to do tomorrow? What am I going to do about this problem, that problem? They want to force you to be carnally minded, even if they're not necessarily bad or sinful or anything like that. So, so it's a bit of a war. And that's one of the reasons Joyce called her book The Battlefield of the Mind. You see, it's a war and a battle to keep your mind on the things of God. And and so Roman excuse me, Ephesians chapter five, eighteen through twenty one just gives us another few practices that we can do to help us become spiritual and really stay focused on the things of God. It says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So this is this is not really talking about the immediate infilling of the Holy Spirit that you get when you become a Christian. This is talking about kind of being being on a moment by moment filled with the spirit about moment by moment focused on the things of God, focused on the spirit of God. It says, 
speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. We have to keep our mind focused. Pick a couple of songs, psalms you like. I like Psalms 1. I like Psalms 19. Uh, Psalm 23. You know, these are all big ones. Uh, spend some time. Read those. Get those memorized so you have something that you can just kind of repeat to yourself, especially if your mind starts wandering to, to carnal things or fleshy things or sinful things. Uh, get a couple of songs you like. You can sing to yourself. You know, and that just, this the singing and the speaking of the psalms and the hymns, look, I don't want to mislead you, right? I'm not great about doing that. I need to be a lot better. But it helps keep your mind focused. And then it says, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, okay, so we're going to speak to ourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. We're going to sing and make melody in our hearts to our Lord we're going to give thanks always to God. I mean, I don't know about you, but man, there's so much to be thankful for. Look around your kids, your spouse, your house, your job. And then he says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. You know, that's just about, you know, God, I'm putting these people first. I'm putting my wife first. I'm putting my kids first. I'm putting, you know, my coworker first. That's a godly thing to do, right? God's going to minister blessings back to you when he sees you sacrificing yourself for others. Jesus is the example of the one who paid the greatest price. He's the sacrificial lamb. He's the example of the sacrifice. And as we submit to one another, it's not, that doesn't mean let people walk all over you. That's not what, that's not what he's talking about, but it's talking about walking in life with a submissive heart, a giving heart, a sacrificial heart. You know, honey, where do you want to eat tonight? You know, your kids, what show do you want to watch? Whatever it is, right? Just different ways that we can prefer and love others actively in our lives. So these are just some additional passages again, excuse me, additional practices. This is Ephesians 5 that really can help keep us focused on the things of God, mentally focused on the things of the Holy Spirit. So look, I realize that we've covered a lot of ground today, and I and I really meant to do that. I wanted to make one very comprehensive podcast to to talk about some of these phrases, but to help you understand, you know, and, and this will last a lifetime. How do you become spiritual? What are the benefits of becoming spiritual? And along with that, we're going to learn. We've learned a lot of really important Christian phrases. We've learned what they mean, how you can apply them to your life. So I'm just going to do a little bit of a recap. If you will renovate your mind from carnal thinking to spiritual thinking, which is thinking in line with God and his word, then you will become spiritually minded. As you become spiritually minded, you will start living according to the directions of the Holy Spirit. Right? You're going to be open to the Holy Spirit. You're going to be tuned in and you're just going to start living according to the things of God, because where the mind goes, the man follows. As you are becoming spiritually minded and living according to the directions of the Holy Spirit, now you can consider that you are walking in the Spirit. Again, spiritually minded, living according to the directions of the Holy Spirit, that's walking in the Spirit. As you do this, sin is no longer going to be a problem for you, and you will be doing that which pleases God. Furthermore, as you become spiritually minded and start walking in the Spirit, you are going to be tuned in to the frequency of the Holy Spirit. You are then going to begin hearing Him clearly on a regular basis. 
and you will receive revelation, all God wants you to have and all God wants you to do. You will need to take some time studying God's communication methods. You're going to need to learn them. You're going to need to kind of incorporate them into your mental framework. So now, okay, I've had a vision. I've had a dream. I've, I've heard the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. So it's going to take you a little bit of time. But look, as you're spiritually minded, as you're following the directions of the Holy Spirit, as you're following and living according to the Word of God, now you're walking in the Spirit and now you are tuned in. And I guarantee you, God wants you to know His will for your life more than you want to know His will for your life. So, you do all those things. As you are doing them, I should really say, now you are being led by the Spirit. God's leading you into all that He has for your life. And and those who are truly led by the Spirit consistently, those are the mature, mature sons and daughters of God. So all of this, guys, this is how we become spiritual. And these are the benefits of becoming truly spiritual, literally inheriting all that God wants you to have, just walking in all that God wants you to do. Truly, truly. This is, this is going through life on another level. This is existing on an entirely different level. But this is how, this is the key that unlocks the door to all of God's blessings in your life, all of God's directions in your life, all that God wants you to have in your life. There's, there's nothing God wants more for you than that you would obtain all that He has for you. And that is my prayer for you as well. And I pray that this that this message goes deep into your hearts, that you take the time to read some of the passages we've discussed on your own, and that in 2021, you will truly commit to starting down this road. You know, remember, it starts with really what are we putting our minds on? Make a commitment. You know, you're going to read the Bible a certain amount of day. You're going to go to church. You're going to pray. It's not meant to be burdensome. These are blessings. These are gifts. You know, this is not a penance, right? Some sort of punishment. No, these are, this is how you tap in, tap in to the amazing love of God, the amazing blessings of God. And, and I pray that 2021 would be your best year yet. I pray God's blessings on you and your family. And, and I'm thankful that you, you gave me your attention today. And I pray that this blesses you. Have a great, great day. Happy New Year. And God bless you.